0: Welcome to the Inside Out Money Podcast.
1: So many pieces of our past mistakes.
0: Hi, I'm Maggie, and I believe real change starts from the inside out. So let's work together to improve our money and our lives from the inside out. We will explore all things money and our relationship with it. Join me each week with a rotating set of co-hosts, friends, and interviews. Let's jump in. Hi Greg.
1: Hey Maggie.
0: Hi everyone. Welcome to Inside Out Money. This is a personal finance podcast focused on redefining wealth from the inside out. Each week, I speak with a rotating set of co-hosts about a different financial topic to help you improve your financial mindset and tactics. And today we've got Greg. Hi, Greg.
1: Hey, happy to be here.
0: AKA my husband and co-host. And in this episode, we are gonna talk about how Mint is shutting down. It was very quickly announced with what I don't feel is a lot of notice. And we've tested out many different expense and budgeting, tracking tools and software. And we're gonna talk about what we learned, what we like, what we don't like about many different tools and where we are going to land now that Mint is shutting down at the end of this year. Greg, what was your response when I told you the news, which I think I broke the news to you that Mint was shutting down?
1: I think you expected some big reaction. I was just kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, Mint was never a great tool. It worked. It was great in the sense that it was free, but it it had a lot of shortcomings. So I was almost, I mean, pretty quickly excited to try something new and uh, see what else was out there. So I I was actually pretty...
0: Yeah, you were okay. This was like sort of the nudge you needed to start a new relationship. And I was thinking it was sort of like I told you somebody that you were already a little disenfranchised with was like breaking up with you and you were like, oh, that worked out well. Now I don't have to break up with Yeah. you know? So, we should clarify the news was that mint it that Intuit the parent company of mint and mint has been a free tool for fifteen years, and as such, because it's free, or I would say because it's free, but related to the fact that it's free, it is poorly updated. I mean, it is what it is, right? Like it did not have like an app, what I would consider like an active product management team working on it. There was no customer support. It was super glitchy. You, I think like once a week or at least a couple times a month would get pretty frustrated with it.
1: Yeah. There was certainly some features that it lacked. As you mentioned, the app was very slow. If you were doing the web-based, it was fine. But I, we had years of transactions in there and the apps didn't respond. They froze up. I never used them because of that. And there was a lot of things you could not customize. So it had a lot of shortcomings. Again, it served its purpose. We got out of it what we needed. I would complain about it from time to time. So when this announcement happened, it was my reaction was, okay, cool. Now it sort of forces me to maybe spend a little money for a tool that's going to work better. Yeah. And it's been kind of fun trying out new tools and, you know, what's out there. So it's been, it's been kind of fun. I was excited to, I very quickly went and started, you know, trialing some various tools and seeing what we liked.
0: Yeah. Okay, so real quick on Mint, for those that just want the detail, Mint, it was announced by Intuit that Mint is shutting down. But really that it's, we've been using the term shutting down. It's really that it's going to kind of merge into Credit Karma, but it's very unclear what features will and won't be available in credit karma and the press release actually specifically said not all features will be available so mint i would say at the very beginning of the announcement i think one thing they didn't quite do right was they just weren't clear enough with people so everybody kind of ran with it shutting down when in reality some of its features will remain and move over to credit karma but it's super unclear which and they actually have some information on their website now that says like for example it says Credit Karma does not currently provide budgeting features the same way that Mint has in the past. We know that many Minters love our budgeting features, so we understand that this may be disappointing. While Mint's budgeting tools are not available, Credit Karma will allow you to view your current month's spending broken down by category, your average spending in each category, and how much your current month's spending differs from the same period in the previous month. So again, it's going to provide some features, not budgeting. We didn't actually heavily use the budgeting features, but I just think it's kind of funny the way Mint announced it because they kind of left everyone a little bit in the dark of exactly what they would and wouldn't get, which is fine if you're announcing something six months or a year in advance. They announced it less than two months before the product will not be functional anymore. And so to me, that was just a big miss. And now I think, you know, Mint's 3 million plus users are now scrambling to figure out what tool they want to use next from a mix of free and paid tools.
1: Yeah, I think it was a big mistake on their part. I think they're going to lose a lot of their user base. And I think had they made it almost a seamless switch to Credit Karma, that might have worked. But to put that announcement out without any specifics, basically saying this probably won't have all of the tools you're used to, they're going to lose a lot of those customers. And they get a lot of ad revenue, I would assume, from those customers. And they probably sell the data. So I think they're, it's going to you know be a hit for them.
0: Well, they're still going to get revenue from the data in Credit Karma because they actually mentioned that, how they're going to market to us based on all this great. And I was like, I don't, that's not helpful to me. You're te- like, don't tell me how you're going to market for me while you're telling me about a sh- tool you're shutting down. Another thing, Greg, that they mentioned on the website now is three years of your transaction history with Mint will migrate over to Credit Karma. But many people have been on Mint for 10 plus years. It's been around for 15 years. And so everyone's data, all your data is not going to move over. And I never trust that that's going to fully happen properly anyways. So one important thing to remind Mint users of is you can download all of your historical transactions through Mint. And we also, Greg, like you, either way, you kind of download it every month because you did some different views in Excel that Mint didn't allow. Right. So you pretty much already have our history downloaded. We do, yeah. But there is a way to do a bulk export out of Mint. They've got step-by-step instructions in a video on their website. I'll actually put a link to it in the show notes just in case that's helpful. Okay, Greg, before we get into our review of all of these other tools, I think it's worth just talking about how important we both feel like tracking your expenses is and just the benefit it has added to our lives and our financial progress over the years. Do you want to start just on your thoughts, Greg? Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's helpful both in a month-to-month perspective as well as longer term. So zoom out to yearly expenses. That's a pretty critical number if you want to try to retire early or even retire at any time. Knowing what your annual spend is, is critical. I mean, you have to know that. You know, there's, it's one thing to know how much you have saved, but obviously you will not understand how long that will last you until you know what you spend every year.
0: Yeah, you can't do the fire math without it. And we didn't know what our annual cost of living was until we started detailed tracking. Right. Or, you know, detailed tracking of our expenses and then reviewing them.
1: And so I think it's critical at that high level, it's critical to track your expenses by some sort of category, because then you know, where your spending varies. And when you know you're spending by category, you can better understand what is discretionary spending, where you can reduce your spending. And I think all those things are really important at a high level. And then tracking month to month is pretty critical too. I find that when we're staying on our expense tracking more regularly, and I can look in and say, wow, 10 days into November, we've spent more on groceries and or restaurants, which tend to be our categories that highly vary we can then course correct before the end of the month as opposed to waiting at the, till the end of the month and saying, "Wow, we spent a lot last month," and so I think that kind of real-time expense tracking really helps make some decisions around spending. Again, there's certain categories that are not going to change. You know, utilities are what they are to some extent. Once a year, maybe you can renegotiate, but certain things you can you can change your spending very quickly. And knowing where you're spending to me helps me say, "Yeah, oh, you know, I'm not going to go. Out. We're not going to eat out tonight. Yeah. We're going to cook something that we have in our uh, fridge." or you know, in our pantry. And it really is as simple as sometimes just realizing how much we spent the week before makes me say, okay, time needed home.
0: Yeah. So I think a common discussion is the idea of budgeting versus expense tracking. And while they are two different things, they're very similar, right? So budgeting is the idea of establishing specific spending targets to try to keep your spending within those targets, tracking your expenses is a more reactive approach where you're trying to track what you spent so you can go back and look at it and make some adjustments later. And we definitely fall more on the tracking our expenses category or side of things. But I would say most of these tools, they're designed to do both. And we'll kind of get into the specifics, but some lean more heavily towards their features and functionality focused on budgeting, which isn't a big priority to us. Again, it kind of, you know, Backwards way is because if our spending was way out of whack, we might say, okay, at some point, you know, we need to be on a better budget or something like that. But ultimately, I just think it's important to make that note. We once did a whole Friends on Fire episode on budgeting versus expense tracking and kind of the different approaches and philosophies around both. So you're welcome to go back and listen to that if that is a topic of interest to you. But ultimately, I think the point here is whether you're sort of more on the budgeting focus or the expense tracking focus or both because they're both related. I just think they're both hugely important, right? At least, at the very least, I think expense tracking is critical. It has made us so much more aware and intentional about our spending.
1: I totally agree. And and we do have some budgets that we've set in the past around some of those variable categories such as groceries and and eating out. And they're not hard budgets, but they are sort of something we track against, at least I do <laughs> when I'm
0: Yeah, but we have talked about this before. I I think we make it more around kind of a monthly or annual target versus a true budget, right? Because we're not actually saying like there there are times in many people's lives, sometimes your entire life where you are actually budgeting. You don't have more than $500 for groceries or you won't be able to pay some other bill or you won't be able to make some savings goal. And we're not that, I mean, we're, we're in a very privileged place to not have to be that granular and specific about it. But we do set targets sometimes and we will in these tools because I think I think it's kind of fun to, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a frugal person by nature. So I enjoy having a target and saying like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we could keep our food costs too under this? Yeah, And then I go to Sam's or Costco and blow that. Okay, so we're about to get into our actual thoughts on a bunch of different tools that we used, but I just want to talk at a high level for a minute that there's a range of different tools available to you that range from free, like Mint, there are other frees to be clear, to you could just use a spreadsheet or Google Sheets, that's also free. We once created a Friends on Fire expense tracker. You could just keep a simple i know people who just keep a very simple expense tracker in google sheets and just manually log all of their expenses all the way to a paid tool so there's just a wide range of options available to everybody and i think so much of this is super i mean it's personal finance it's super personal to your own needs and what works for you so if i had a really simple financial life i would consider just doing this manually in a spreadsheet and then there's actually some really cool like one-time templates you can buy which we'll talk about later and that help you visualize some of that data but I would just do it manually. Our reality is that a manual spreadsheet just won't work for us. I mean, look, in theory, you could make anything work if there was no other option. But we have a pretty plex financial life. I don't know a better way to say it, right? We've got multiple kids, we've got exes, we've been divorced and this is our second marriage. So there's money coming and going from our exes all the time about different things where we're like splitting the cost of something. I do a bunch of volunteer roles that Require me to purchase large volumes of things and other people pay me back. I've got just a ridiculous amount of like Venmo from like sports teams where like I'm going and buying all the snacks for volleyball and I've got parents Venmoing me money. It's just, and we've got a large number of accounts and So to me, like half the value in all of these tools and what I'm willing to pay for is an aggregator to pull in all of the real-time data from all of our accounts and allow us to more efficiently and effectively manage them yeah. As
1: the one who does the expense tracking, I've told Maggie, I'm not manually typing in hundreds of transactions every month. My time is more worthwhile, even if that is even <laughs> sitting you on the back a porch doing time. nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I just- It's not worth I'm it. I'm not going to do that. its I, I love playing around in Excel, but I don't like typing data that I can spend a small amount per month, have that data pulled have every transaction there. No, I'm not going to miss a transaction. Yeah. Even when you manually enter things, if you're great about keeping your receipts, you miss one receipt, and that's an expense you don't have. And yeah. to me, there's just.
0: I, I agree. You're not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. This is why. Like like we said earlier, when Mint ended, I very quickly was. It's funny how like things are psychological, just related to money. For a long time, I was like, I'm not going to pay for expense tracking software. And then as soon as like the free tool that we used ended, I was like, Oh, okay. I'm fine. I'm actually fine paying 100 bucks a year for because I think it's I'm getting more than that in value out of it and I think I mean back to the value of tracking my expenses budgeting aside I more than get $100 of value out of being more intentional aware of what yeah. our money
1: is. Well, and we have our business expenses routed oh, yeah. through there as well all for our rental properties, both our, our checking account as well as c- our credit card tied in with that is it's all through podcast. this as well. So, you know, we do our our business expense tracking, ultimately do a p l somewhere else, but having a place where I can go through and know that I'm catching any expense that is business related that comes through and seeing that and then even the income the monthly rent that comes in. I see that coming in through our expense tracking software every month. So I know that it's being paid. So to me, it is a business tool in addition to a personal tool.
0: Oh, that's true. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sounds like this just became a business expense, Greg. I didn't even think about that. Even better. Okay. Okay. So that being said, keep in mind that Our needs are unique to us and what is important to us may not be important to you or everyone else, but for what it's worth, we will let you know what we thought of trialing a bunch of these different tools. And to be clear, we did free trials for all of these tools. I'll put a link in the show notes to a free trial for each of these. And I'll I'll get like a link from listeners because I've I've gotten links from different listeners. And so I'll include those in the show notes, a referral link, I mean, from listeners. And all of them will give you a free trial for at least 30 days. Some of them are for two months because most of these companies are smart. As soon as Mint made that announcement, they were like, ooh, They smell the 3 million customers. Yeah, they're all pushing it and
1: sending out.
0: Yeah, YNAB had done like a live live stream on Instagram within like minutes of that Mint announcement coming out and we're talking about it. And so, I mean, good. All of these, you know, great companies and startups that have these cool tools, good for them. They're going to get a lot of business
1: out of this. Well, and one thing I'll just preface this with too is by saying we trialed these i hesitate to say this is our review of them because i think that implies a very holistic fair and balanced you know i mean i i looked at these with an open mind but reviewed them trialed them mostly in keeping with the tools that we need as opposed you know so so
0: we we didn't look at every single feature set we focused on what works for us Right.
1: well said yeah
0: because you know though it might seem like we have lots of time in early retirement. Somehow we don't. And so we were efficient in our reviews. But I think this will be helpful just to have you think about what works for you and what's important to you and all of that. So hopefully this is helpful to people. Okay, so we'll go through each of these. We'll share the pricing, a little bit about them, and just what We liked and didn't like about them and kind of why we did or didn't choose each one of these. And we only chose one in the end. You'll find out soon which one. Okay. Tiller is the first one. It was also the first one that we actually downloaded and trialed, you will.
1: It was. It is
0: $79 a year. They don't have a monthly option, right? It's just a one-time. Think so, yeah. It's just a one-time annual fee of seventy-nine dollars a year. They do have a free trial though, and there's no iPhone app, so you can you could access it via Google Sheets on your phone. But there's no iPhone app, and it is heavily spreadsheet-based. Greg, what were your thoughts on Tiller?
1: Well, more than heavily, it is it is completely spreadsheet-based. It is only yeah, sorry, one hundred percent. Basically, what Tiller is, is a it uses Stripe to go out there and pull-
0: To connect to your account. Yeah, Stripe or
1: Plat actually. I can't remember which one, but it uses, a, uses interfaces, a third, third parties. Yeah.
0: They all use a third party to pull information.
1: Right. In. So it uses that. It gets all those transactions, and then it downloads them into a spreadsheet. You can use Google Sheets, or you can use Microsoft Excel. You can have several of them set up. You can have four active worksheets that are linked to Tiller- In addition to getting that data and downloading it to a spreadsheet, it has several tools associated with it. It has a auto-categorization tool, so you can build some rules in there and it will categorize things for you. It creates certain things where when you choose a category, if it's not auto-categorized, there's a drop-down list. So it makes it... A little more templated than just having a blank spreadsheet in Excel or Google Sheets. It does. Uh, it also has several tabs that are a part of the sheet that's that are budget related, cash flow sheets, asset sheets.
0: It also allows you to pull in custom sheets that other people have created, right? Right. Which is kind yeah. of a cool feature.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think sometimes if if a user creates a really good sheet, I think Tiller will actually take that and 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 maintain it, but put it out there to its users. Yeah. so
0: And that would be like a visualization of your data in some way. Right, right.
1: Some sort of cash flow sheet or expenses or budgeting. So overall, I mean, I was impressed with it. It was fast as far as the downloading. It was a good tool. I think...
0: And just to add to that, Greg, there were a couple of days where you believe Tiller was the, was going to be the winner. Like you told me, you were like, I think it's Tiller.
1: Yeah. I, I just, because we, I always do some follow-up stuff in Excel. So the idea of having the data already in Excel and then being able to build my own pivot tables on that source data is pretty cool. Yeah. So it's not like I've got to download the data into Excel then create a pivot table. You could just run a pivot table right off of that data. So that was pretty cool. There was definitely some upsides, but there were a few downsides to me. Not having an app may not seem like a big deal, and I did not use the app in Mint much because it was so bad. But there are times where we have manual expenses, where we use cash, or we have something we want to remember, and having a nice app where you can go and add a manual transaction right there on the spot, add notes to it, is a really nice feature. Also, if you're traveling, it's pretty nice to be able to access an app where you can update your your expenses by category if you don't have your computer. I mean, really with certain things, you can do all your, you might be more efficient to use an iPad or a computer, but you can really do what you need from an app. So an iPhone app. So that was to me a little bit of a, um, a downside. Some of the other tools that they give you, we do a lot of split categories, meaning we go to Sam's Club. Some of it's groceries. Trees. Some of it's home miscellaneous. Some of it is toiletries. And so we do a lot of splitting of categories. Also, sometimes we'll go and there'll be, maybe it's the same category, but it's it's all clothing, but some of it's Maggie's clothing and some of it's mine. And we want to split it and categorize that and note whose clothes are whose, or whose expense was whose so we do a lot of that. So
0: Because it's worth noting, we also we talk about this in many episodes, but we also have split finances. And so if I go to Sam's Club and I buy some clothing for me, I'm paying for that with my money. And so when Greg's doing like a reconciliation at the end of the month, he's noting that. Versus when I go to Sam's Club and I buy groceries, we're splitting. Right. And so that that is a feature functionality that is very important to us, just given how we do our finances. And it was an issue we ran into with a number of tools that right. didn't make. There actually had like no way to do that.
1: So- so exactly. The the two tools that we use heavily are splitting and tagging and the tagging comes in to maggie's expense my expense or shared expense and so there were tags you could add tags in tiller because it's a spreadsheet it's very customizable and you can split things but in a, the excel version you basically are manually splitting it so you're going in and you're you're adding two spaces you're copying it you're pasting it and then you're manually divvying up the uh the dollars and then you're deleting the the, the original row action. yeah Uh, If you use the Google Sheets version, they actually have a little tool that's a part of the add-on that runs in in Google Sheets that allows you to split it. But even that was kind of weird. You had to go find the transaction in the, the data, and then you had to go over to the extension and say split. And then this little tool loaded. It was kind of slow, kind of cumbersome. And so those things were not super user-friendly to me. And then even the reviewing of the data, I spend the huge majority of my time reviewing our data. And so,
0: categorizing.
1: And categorizing. Too. And you can build some rules, and rules are great, and I'll talk about that especially in, in some of the other products we reviewed. But there are certain things where no amount of rules ultimately can work all the time because a place like Target or even Sam's, like we mentioned, there's many different kinds of things. And for us, it's really important not just to say, oh, Sam's is shopping. We want to know what's groceries, what's home goods, what's toiletries, what's clothes. And so it's very important for us. So I spent a lot of time going through each transaction and then saying, okay, I'm going to split this out. Was this a shared expense? Was it a Maggie expense? Was it a Greg expense? Was this something that actually one of our exes needs to split with us because it's a child-related expense? So we've got to, you know, in essence, say only half of this You're expense hiding. was ours, and ha- half You're of it hiding, huh? is going to be hidden. But I also still want to see it because I want to make sure I remember to get my ex to pay me back. So you know, there's all these little things we use, and going through an Excel file and just scrolling through an Excel file while it's efficient in some ways, it's also kind of boring. It's monotoned. and I, I know you can kind of do things to to spruce it up a little. But I, I actually like the user interface more in some of the tools that actually, like Mint was, like some of the other tools we'll talk about. So that was kind of why I ultimately felt like, you know, while Tiller is great in some ways, and if you're someone that loves Excel, this might actually be the perfect tool for you.
0: I'll say, actually, we both love Excel. I mean, I'm sure there are lovers of Excel greater than us, but like we both love Excel and we pointed out many things that we liked about this as a result of it being spreadsheet-based. But I still thought, it was just a little too kludgy and at one point you made a comment also greg that you were like you know all this stuff is is built it's it's all working together right it's got a ton of plugins and other things connecting it and it's like if you mess up something you've just sort of broken the whole system and like you can't break the other apps i mean they can break their own they can have a bug in the app or something like that but like there's a lot of things that you actually could do wrong in tiller that you didn't really mean to do. And so I just, I think in the end we were like, oh, it's pretty cool. It's cool yeah. if there's a tool like this, but it's not the right tool for us.
1: Well, while you're going through all your transaction level data, if you somehow delete some of it, it's gone. And you can re-download it, but the categorization won't be there. And I mean, maybe you can undo it, but still there's some risk to it. Yeah. Whereas when you have this in a third party it's, it's much harder to delete the data. There's multiples, are you sure you wanna delete this?
0: And the lack of phone access was a huge thing. So like, again, I can go in and I can mess with Google Sheets on my phone, but it's a pain in the butt. I do it on certain things and that's where you really make mistakes because yeah. it's real hard to like type on a and phone. The and the plugins
1: don't work. So you can access the raw data and you can, but you can't download new data from yeah. that because the app, the, the, the extension isn't working there. So yeah. it definitely is not great mobile.
0: Okay, so I think that's it for Tiller. We, we you know, appreciate everything you're doing, Tiller. Wasn't the tool for us. Might be the tool for you. Okay, let's do YNAB next. Also known as You Need a Budget. Dang, this tool has like a cult following. The people who... A cult implies something bad, actually. It has a incredibly passionate following. The people who love this tool, love this tool. I have never heard as many people so passionate about a budgeting tool. And... Oh, well, let me come back to me calling it a budgeting tool. So first off, a few stats about YNAB. $99 a year or $14.99 per month is the cost of YNAB. They have an iPhone app. It's got a 4.8 star rating, which I just wanted to share because I'll share the other app ratings. Again, Tiller didn't have an app. There's no rating to share. And so YNAB, it has this very passionate following. What I think is unique about YNAB is its zero balance budgeting approach, which I don't think is for everyone. And I it's definitely not for us. And instead of just tracking, which it also does, you kind of have to assign like every dollar of income to a specific purpose, which is tricky because we don't have any income. Well, not we don't have any income, but like our full income doesn't cover our expenses every year. That's just not the, the spirit of how early retirement math works. And so it works. It can work great for people who want to budget like that. And again, the people who love YNAB passionately love it. I also frequently hear many YNAB users say that it had a really high learning curve and that they're like, while I didn't like it at first and I didn't really know how to use it properly. Eventually it clicked and now I love it which look, I appreciate that some things have a learning curve. For me, when we talk about some other tools, there's not a big learning curve. It's pretty intuitive. And so I'm not a big fan. We didn't get that far into YNAB, honestly. And I'm not, I'm just wasn't like we didn't, neither one of us had, again, I'm not knocking it. It's incredibly popular. It just wasn't for us.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I played around with it. I did a free trial, did not spend too much time on it from the beginning. Just as it, their focus is around budgeting. You go in and before there's transactions or anything like that, it's it's asking you to start building your budget. How much do you want to spend on this? And, and really thinking about building a budget. So I think for some people in some stages of their lives, it could be a very helpful tool and maybe help people create a budget in a way they've never been able to. So I certainly don't want to say anything negative about the product from a usefulness to others. For us, it just didn't... I. I I don't want something with a learning curve. I don't want to... Th- one of their big things is give every jo- dollar a job. I don't want to give every dollar a job. Yeah. I,
0: I, I don't even want to have a job myself. So yeah. I definitely don't want to make yeah. every dollar have to have its own job. And,
1: and someone may say, well, what does that mean? And I think it's just this idea that with YNAB, every dollar you're having to say, well, is this an expense? Is this income? Does this go to savings? At the, and you have to set up this this thinking around truly a budget and for us we're really saying you know our outgoing money where is it going into what category and if we want to do some budget light we may in certain yeah. categories as we mentioned
0: and then we also want to look at our net worth right we're, we're, and again YNAB is sort of doing all that in a roundabout way and it lets you track your net worth also but for us we're more where is where are we spending our money and we're depleting our savings in most cases on that and so it doesn't every dollar doesn't have a job right and and so again i will say just to be very frank i came in fairly biased against wynab part of it was just i had heard mixed feedback about i heard so many people talk about the learning curve and how it was kind of tricky to use but but don't worry eventually you'll get used to it and once you figure it out you're gonna love it and then also the name like i'm a big like marketing branding person and i don't need a budget so the name you need a budget just and again i don't mean to sound like oh i don't need a budget you know but My goal is not budgeting. And so a tool that is marketed and built around budgeting didn't feel like it was going to be right for our reality of just trying to track fairly complex movements of transactions in our finance.
1: Yeah, and the other kind of weird thing is even in the trial when I loaded accounts in, it didn't pull any old transactions. It only started with transactions from the date we started the trial. And I'm sure there is some some way to work around that, or maybe that's by design they want you to start. But again, it was more than I wanted to think about. Every other tool started pulling transactions from prior months, and I had all this data to work with. And especially if you're just trialing something, you want a bulk of data in there to play around with. So at that point, I was kind of like, look, I'm I'm moving on. So yeah. that was our review of YNAB or our trial of YNAB.
0: The other thing that I will say I've heard about YNAB, I've heard described, and this actually comes from Personal Finance Club, who I love their content, described it as the Mint app looks backwards towards past spending to see where your money went. And YNAB lets you make a plan for your money going forward. And I, there was an interesting approach on it. And it kind of sounds bad to say like, well, I don't want to plan for my money going forward. But I don't. We we have our spending pretty dialed in, and so again, I think that's one of the big reasons that this tool doesn't work for us is we are more focused on trying to track and categorize a very complex set of transactions, which is super unique to us, and I'm sure many other people. But I'm just saying those are our needs. And so if your goal is that you really do need to be on a budget, and as the app is called You Need a Budget, I think this could be a really good tool for you. And I know a lot of very smart people who love it, including Liz Gets Loaded, one of our other co-hosts. She, does, she has actually has a couple episodes on Wineab. and I'll put a link in the show notes to them because it's worth listening to those since we probably did a like half-assed review. of. Okay, next tool, Copilot, also known as Copilot Money. This one is a Mac and iPhone only tool. So you cannot, it doesn't have, it doesn't have like a web browser experience, I guess. I didn't try it on there. We were the iPhone. And it costs $69.99 a year or $8.99 per month. It's a little it's the one that's like almost all of the tools are right about 100 dollars a year. It's the one that's 30 bucks less, so it's a little bit less. I'm not I'm not sure that savings would be why I would swing to this one. It again has an iPhone app, same rating as YNAB. It has a 4.8 star rating. Copilot I one of our shout out to one of our good friends Casey. One of our good friends was speaking very highly of it. And again, there's certain people where I will take their recommendation with a lot of weight. And so I was like, oh, if Casey likes this, like we should really look at this. And Copilot failed in one big area for us. So not saying it's not a good tool. Again, for us, it didn't have a a very important feature and functionality that we need.
1: Yeah, I... I liked the layout. It was a nice user interface, seemed streamlined and intuitive, Uh, pretty straightforward as far as ability to create categories, how to process transactions, had a lot of nice search functionality within being able to search through transactions for us and then it had some nice visualizations as well. I wouldn't say anything that other apps, you know, it didn't seem to have anything unique from other apps, but it had a nice kind of cash flow and uh, expenses by category and ability to create budgets by category. So I think it could have been a contender, but for us it, m- it was missing one core thing as as Maggie mentioned and that was the ability to tag things. And for us tagging is an important thing. We tag as I already mentioned If it was a Maggie expense, a Greg expense, or a shared expense, or a business expense. And theoretically, you can overcome that in the categorization, but I don't want to have Maggie grocery, Greg grocery, shared grocery. I want groceries, and then I want to, if something, and groceries are a bad example because we kind of share that expense. But uh, toiletries is maybe a better example. I don't want to have to say separate categories. I want one category called toiletries. And then anything that's Maggie's, that's some expense that I'm not going to, something I'm not going to use. I want to be able to tag that and say, that's a Maggie expense. And then later when I'm doing my pivot tables, I want to quickly be able to say, okay, I want to see all toiletries. And then I want to see Maggie's and Greg's or take the categories aside. I want to see how many things were Maggie's Greg's and shared and then we can make sure we've we've paid each other back if one of us spent more than the other. Yeah, so that was a key thing. I'm sure there are ways you could overcome that. But why? When there's other tools yeah. out there that do do the job for twenty bucks more, I'm not gonna spend hours trying to shoehorn something into a tool that just doesn't it yeah. doesn't have the tool. I got to that point and looked and did a little reading and people said, Yeah, there just are no tags, but here's some ideas. Yeah, and here's some like,
0: workarounds. I'm like, Yeah, I don't need a workaround. Yeah. It's again, if there was no other tool that provided us what we needed Perhaps, but there is another tool. And on that point, the last tool that we reviewed is Monarch, also known as Monarch Money. And that, like, spoiler alert, this is the one that we have decided to use for now. And uh, we'll talk about some tools that we're aware of, but didn't review in detail at the end of this. But Monarch's the last one that we reviewed in detail. And again, it's where we've landed personally, and I think we feel very good about it. It costs $99 a year or $14.99 per month. We are still on a free trial, so we've not paid for that, but I think we'll go for the year option to save a little bit of money. And it also has an iPhone app, which works very nicely. It's got 4.8 stars. Any of these companies that have iPhone apps, 4.8 stars is the highest rating another fun fact about monarch is that the founder of monarch val agostino i think i said that right was the product manager of the very first team that built mint so it feels like a souped up nice nicer version of mint And that might be because the founder came from, and we just both, I mean, Greg in particular, you like it a lot. And I like what Greg likes because Greg is the one who does the bulk of this work in our house, which I just want to take a moment to remind you how much I appreciate that you do this because I know it's super tedious and we, we both have different jobs that we focus on in our life and around the house and other things. And this is something that Greg takes on. And so ultimately I was like, you, you choose the tool. Like I'm comfortable, you know, we were, we were discussing them all together. But in the end, I was like, I want you to feel good about it, you know?
1: Yeah. I think the way I would describe it is that it's intuitive. It's very easy to use. As Maggie mentioned, if you've used mint in the past, I think it's very easy to use monarch. Also, it's better than Mint. I mean, it it takes some of the good parts of Mint and adds many nice new features and all the slowness and glitchiness of Mint is gone. It feels it feels efficient to use. It doesn't lag at all that I've experienced whether you're using the web-based version or the app. And it, and for me, as I've mentioned I spend so much of my time on the categorization, ma- reviewing transactions, making sure they're categorized, under- knowing whose expense. And so for me, Monarch had the best tools in that realm of ha- you know going through and processing these transactions. So I'll mention a couple of these. So categories are completely customizable. Anyone who's used Mint knows that you can do some, categoriza- some customization of those categories. For instance, you can add add subcategories to a parent category, but you can't really get rid of the old ones or change them. And if you don't like their structure, their parent categories, you can't change that. With Monarch you can completely you know they it comes prepackaged with certain categories you can change them all you can recreate the parent parent categories totally customizable you can add emojis to them which is kind of silly but kind of fun it just makes it more visual when you're reviewing multiple transactions so each category has its own little emoji that you can pick so for like kids activities, I put a little volleyball since that's where most of our kids' activity money goes is is uh volleyball. And even my daughter was looking at over my shoulder when I was reviewing and she goes, Oh, well, make sure you mention the emojis on the podcast. They're cute. <laughs> and so I, I thought I would mention them. It's just kind of fun. And then uncategorized things have like a little question mark. So it's it's visually easy to see these when you're reviewing lots of categories. Then there's tags, which is, as you guys now know, that's very critical for us. You can add as many tags as you want, and then you can color code the tags. So it's kind of neat.
0: Greg, what color did you give my tag?
1: I gave you a purple tag. Oh, that's
0: my favorite color. Thanks. Yeah.
1: So I gave you purple.
0: What's your color? It's like a,
1: a light blue and then shared as a dark blue. Okay. And then real estate expenses. It's kind of neat. There's my mom's property and then there's our properties, but both of those have a yellow tag. So either way, you know, they're real estate. And what's kind of neat too, is that once you tag things, when you are not specifically in the transaction, but you're looking at a list of transactions, the color of the tags show up on that transaction data. So that's kind of nice too. You can see just by glancing which things you've already assigned tags to. So again, for me, that's that's kind of nice to know and to be able to visualize that without having to click into the transaction to see what the tag was. So another little feature that I find really helpful. Some of the other really cool things that you can do uh, related to categorizing is rules. And Mint had rules. Those rules were very rudimentary, though. They were basically, who's the who's the vendor? And then, okay, that vendor is this.
0: Yeah, like Target is always home. Yeah. Which isn't how things work.
1: And and that can work pretty well for grocery stores. Generally, when we go to Aldi, it's groceries. Not always, but for the most part. So So rules don't... Always work for every transaction. But what's pretty neat about Monarch is that there's multiple inputs or ifs and multiple outputs. So you can say, if the vendor is this and the expenses between this and this and any of the other kind of input categories and the account is this, then categorize it here, go ahead and tag it here to this person and put a note in here. And you can do all of that with a rule.
0: Here's a great example of a rule that I was telling Greg as an example. So we both have Visible for our cell phone. One of them is like my Visible is on a very specific credit card. And so he can go ahead and say when there's a charge from Visible on this credit card. And I do it so I have cell phone protection from that credit card. Then put it as Maggie and a business, ex- whatever. It yeah. Might be, and right?
1: market is reviewed. Yeah. So it does all those things. So now it's categorized, it, it's tagged it, and it's clicked it as reviewed. And I don't even ever, ever have to interact with that. Right. And so I'm just scratching the surface on these rules. But as we encounter more of these, and as I go through this, I think it's going to significantly reduce the amount of work I have to do. Yeah. And again, just to summarize that, what's so cool about it is it's multiple ifs, and it's then multiple outputs. It's not just vendor category which is so basic so that to me has been really exciting i'm sure there are other products out there that have those tools but it's a really nice way to set it up it it's almost like the app if this then this and it's it's very easy to do and pretty cool so i was pretty excited about that it also does nice splitting of transactions we'll go into a lot of detail there but it's just it's a nice little tool
0: one detail on the splitting of transactions that Monarch does, and who didn't do this? Uh, I think it, it was
1: Copilot, I Yeah, thought. so co-
0: like Copilot didn't do this, and I was like, that's ridiculous. So when you go and there's like, I'm going to do easy math for myself here, but there's a $100 transaction at Target, and you want to say 25 of that was clothes, 50 of it was groceries, and 25 of it was toiletries as you're starting to split it when you start to say okay 25 was toiletries it should show you that there's 75 left to assign
1: and even Mint did that yeah
0: Mint did that monarch does that copilot didn't and a lot of these transactions they're not as simple as what i just said yeah there's right?
1: change and
0: yeah and i'm often telling greg like i'll sort of ballpark something so i'll look at a receipt and he'll be like oh what was this target and i'll say "Oh, oh oh ten dollars was kids clothes Twenty dollars was this, and the rest is groceries. And then I'm like, I'm then put the rest towards groceries because it's close enough. And then he's like, Well, what's that amount when we were in Copilot? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't do that. I, I don't know. I just rattled off a bunch of estimates to you.
1: Yeah, and it seems like such a simple little thing, but if I'm sitting there doing this on multiple transactions, I don't want to have to reach over and grab a calculator or switch my screen to a calculator screen. It's just such a nice little it feature. Be, um, yeah, and it seems pretty basic. So I was kind of surprised that Copilot didn't have that. Monarch, I was pleased to see, does do that. So that was that was nice to have. And one final thing that is helpful is is a review function or queuing for reviewing of categories. It Mint I'd come up with a way to do this uh, that worked. but Monarch actually has a very nice feature where you can easily make certain transactions, queue for review. So I've actually built a rule that says any new expense that comes in, say that it needs to be reviewed. So then I can go in and I can filter and say, show me transactions that need to be reviewed instead of the hundreds that I've already previously reviewed. And it will list just those. Then what's pretty neat too, is when I go in and I do some things, I can then say Mark is reviewed, or if it's something that I think Maggie needs to review because she's not in front of me, I can't ask her some questions and I want her to go in and categorize things appropriately, I can actually tag it as needs review by Maggie. And then Maggie can go in next time she uses her app or the computer, Any works on any of their apps, any of their interfaces. And then she can say, show me things that need to be reviewed by me. And then things that I've assigned her will show up in her queue to review. And so that's just another little tool that I think is really cool and very helpful when you have multiple family members interacting yeah with and this. often
0: even when i'm like i'm probably not going to go in there and actually proactively review them because you've got such a good system but usually you'll sort of corner me at some point and say hey do you have like 20 minutes or five minutes to review some things you can still filter by that and say okay these are the ones i need right. maggie's help on because usually you're sort of like eyeballing and being like oh these haven't been reviewed yet oh I, you're like uh, you'll see one and you're like oh i can do that one i want to ask you about that but it'd be nice to just have a clean list for right. when you sit down with me of what you need to ask yeah
1: about. yeah and so, multiple ways to use that tool, but I think it's going to be very helpful. So I'm excited about Monarch. I think it's going to be a great tool for us. I've been keeping up with our transactions more regularly, as opposed to waiting for things to sort of pile up, which is which is good, right? If the tool is something you enjoy doing and you go in more often and keep up with your transactions, then you know that's even better. So yeah. so far, I've been really happy and pleased with it and, and excited to use it versus. Uh, what we were doing in Mint.
0: Yeah, Mint was always sort of like a drag. You're like, wah wah, gotta go do this. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm I'm excited too. I'm excited. You're excited, Greg. It is worth noting that there are a handful of other tools that we're very aware of and that are well known and popular that we did not review for various reasons. So the first one is Every Dollar. So I didn't even review this app because it's affiliated with Dave Ramsey. I'm not even sure in which way, honestly. And I get that I can't, you know, I don't know who's behind every single one of these apps. I often think that when someone's like boycotting a restaurant, I'm like, do you, you realize like every fast food restaurant is run by someone you might not like? And anyways, I don't know what's behind every one of these other apps. I just happen to know that one. And so for me, it's a hard pass. Like I, there's just other tools. So I don't I don't need to support something that is related to somebody that I just don't particularly care for the way that they treat people or talk to people. So the other one is empower which is a free tool. It's formerly known as Personal Capital. A lot of people use it for like net worth tracking and other things. And again, I just sort of in general have this view of like Mint was free and it was kind of kludgy and like this was just our nudge to go pay for something and just get a better product out of it. So I didn't really, I had used Personal Capital a long time ago, but I didn't really try it for that, to be honest.
1: I've also heard from many people that once your net worth gets above like a 100000 in personal capital and they see that, they will start bombarding you with calls, trying to sell you financial advisement services. I wouldn't
0: say they bombard you, but they do call you. I once did a call with them like many, many years ago. And once you kind of say you're not interested, they're usually pretty good about not continuing to call you. But Yes, they do. They're trying to sell you financial planning services. That's their core business. And that's how they make money, which is why they have a free app so they can see all of your info and then market to you better how to use their and other. Another one is Simplify by Quicken. I was a kind of intrigued by this, but i they have an iPhone app. It's got 4.1 stars, which is kind of low. And I had just heard like mixed reviews on it. So a few people talked about it, but I had heard, again, just mixed reviews. And it wasn't, to me, one of the better known, more established ones. Not that Quicken isn't. Well,
1: something. we did Quicken for a few months, two, three years ago. And I don't even remember that. yeah, I, I it was... It was intriguing because I thought it would build PNLs for our rental properties right in it. It it had some nice functionality. The interfaces with the credit cards were very hit or miss. Mint was much more reliable than a paid product of Quicken.
0: Simplify, just for reference, is $48 a year. And it was once recognized as Wirecutter's top pick, but a bunch of the other things that we just talked about were not reviewed or tested when Wirecutter did that. So I don't think that evens very much but <laughs> it was
1: it was our top and only app tested yeah, it was so our that's... top
0: pick we compared it to one other tool mint there's also rocket money which is also a free app and it's more used to like cancel subscriptions and and certain like automate certain bill negotiations and other things but it it doesn't have a lot of the customization and features that we want and so again for our needs around having a pretty complex set of transactions that we want to categorize and tag and review it it's not going to give us what we need. And then you know the last thing that's worth noting is there are many people that also take their data out of different tools like I know Liz from Liz gets loaded takes exports her final end-of-month report out of YNAB puts it into My Wealth Dashboard, which is an Excel template that she purchased from My Wealth Diary. You can buy it on Etsy. They've got like a, a few different options. You can buy like her kind of whole package for $35, but she's got a few different net worth trackers and other tools. So some people like buying an Excel template and there's some some decent ones out there. Again, My Wealth Dashboard is the one that I'm the most familiar with and aware of and downloading your data and uploading it or putting it into that Excel template. So that's also something that's an option. Again, if you're manually tracking your expenses in a Google Sheet or in Excel, you could purchase a like one-time $35 fee for the My Wealth Dashboard package from My Wealth Diary. And then you could use that for better visualization, which kind of has more of like a Tiller vibe about that whole setup. You're just not then having to pay an ongoing annual fee. But again, it's not connecting. One of the things you're paying Tiller for is it's connecting to all of your accounts and it's pull- it's aggregating and pulling in all that data, which My Wealth Dashboard will not do for you. It is just a Excel template. It's a pretty layer in Excel on top of whatever data you want to dump in. And then the last thing I note, which we didn't really talk about, Greg, is almost all of these tools also allow you to track your net worth which is a nice i still like to track mine in a google sheet but it's a nice additional feature and benefit and we didn't really focus on the net worth tracking aspect of it because we're mostly we mostly care about the expense tracking and yeah. categorization and then visual, visualization of that
1: it is nice even though you still want to track it in excel theoretically you you have one place to log into now to get those numbers instead of you know multiple yeah Login. So I think there's some nice functionality with that. And Monarch has some cool tools with that too. If you connect your brokerage accounts, whether they're, you know, Fidelity, Wealthfront, wherever they are, it actually shows your, your portfolio breakdown and kind of trends it year over year, month over month, and compares it to the SP 500. So it's got some kind that, of neat.
0: Is that in the browser version of it, not the iPhone
1: app? Yeah, that's probably just in the browser. Because I haven't seen see that, that in the
0: iPhone app. Oh yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm excited to dig into more of those things soon. Okay, I think that is it. Thank you, Greg, again for doing most of the expense tracking and categorization in our household and then also trialing tools. It's super helpful. Okay, we appreciate you guys listening. We know your time is limited and valuable, and we appreciate you spending some of it with us. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please give us a written review on Apple Podcasts or leave us a rating on Spotify. We really appreciate it.
1: We also encourage you to share this episode with a friend or family member to encourage ongoing discussions about money. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: If you have any thoughts or questions, we always love to hear from you, and you can leave us a voicemail or text us at 404 981 3370 or hit us up on instagram in particular we'd love to hear where you've landed if you were a mint user or what you already use super interesting and we've we've had a lot of conversation on instagram with people that's super helpful and interesting so thank you guys for sharing that okay thanks greg bye
1: thanks maggie bye